This is Let's Talk to Lucy, starring Lucille Ball. A very warm welcome to you all. I'm Gary Morton, and now, Let's Talk to Lucy. Hi, this is Lucy. Today I have as my guests two of the entertainment world's brightest, shiniest young marrieds, Mr. and Mrs. Tommy Sands. Mrs. Sands is Nancy Sinatra. Nancy has a budding career of her own as an actress and a recording star. She's a tiny little bundle of dynamite married to another bundle of dynamite, Mr. Tommy Sands, who has emerged in the past year as one of Hollywood's most important young actors. Tommy was a former rock and roll idol who made the transition from rock and roll singing to acting as smoothly as his predecessors, Bing Crosby and Frank Sinatra. Tommy sings, acts, writes, and directs. In other words, he is a triple threat fellow with a big capacity for making everyone love him, especially our Nancy. Kids, hi. Hi. You are the cutest young marrieds I know. And today, I would like very much to talk about the transition from your very recent teenage lives to young marrieds. And starting with you, Nancy, when you were in college... Did you go to college for social life, or were you a a serious student? I started college with the hope of getting certain courses that I was really interested in, like uh, Greek mythology and art and music and all those things. Then I found out that you need two years of other stuff, like biology and history, in order to get into the courses that I wanted. So I was discouraged very early in college. I actually, for the first semester, was pretty social. And after that, I left school and went to secretarial school. So my college career didn't last very long. Well, but your good sense certainly took over early. I thought that you really had gone to college for the social life and become disillusioned. The, the social whirl uh, at college kind of discouraged me because I don't go along with the sorority fraternity business, and I never rushed and pledged and all that. The disillusioned part is right, then. You were slightly disillusioned. Oh, yes. Why is that, Nancy? Well, I, I don't like any kind of discrimination, you know, and I found it to be difficult to get along with, with my own friends because uh, they were all fighting each other to get into different uh, sororities, and I was very disillusioned by the entire setup. Very unhappy. Just didn't seem worth it, huh? No. What kind of boys did you dig, Nancy? I mean, before you met Tommy, of course. I never went out with boys in show business. I grew up a sister, practically, to, like the Crosby kids and uh, a few others. But I never dated show business people. I always dated. My family kept me in public schools, fortunately for me. Kind of kept my head. And show business really didn't intrigue me very much until later on. Really? When I met Tommy. Nancy, can you remember how the boys in college differed from your, the love of your life, Tommy? Can you remember what you thought once you met Tommy? Uh, The thing that most impressed me about Tommy was his great ambition. He has great, tremendous drives in all directions. Didn't you find ambition in the other boys? Well, it was more a uh, fun, not serious kind Mm -hmm. of thing, you know. They took their studies seriously, and but many of them didn't even know what they wanted to do, and and there was no challenge. Mm-hmm. Tommy, I understand you come from the College of Hard Knocks, and uh, if I know you, I'll bet you're very happy about it, but I'll give you a chance to say that. Uh, by Hard Knocks, we mean that you started... As a teenager, you had a lot of jobs, including prize fighter, 
correct mm. me if I'm wrong, bellboy, parking lot attendant, errand boy, disc jockey, and of course you never stopped singing for anyone that would listen. You, uh, did you know that this is what you were going to do while you were growing up? Is this what you always wanted to be? Well, I think, uh, I, think I always knew in the back of my, my own mind, Lucy, but uh, there, were, there were many times when I felt that I would probably wind up as something else, you know, that I really wouldn't make it as a singer or as an actor, that I would wind up being a boxer or a, maybe a, a full-time army man or something like that, you know, <laughs> which is dreadful when I think about it now. <laughs> but you wanted to play it safe, so you weren't taking any chances. But anyway, the point is that you just kept working. You just didn't sit around saying, I'm going to be an actor, even though you were an actor out of work. You've well, never been out of work, not a moment. Uh, not since I was seven years old, but it... it <laughs> seven? Seven years old. What do you mean by that? You weren't a, What were you at seven? Not a bellboy, not a prize fighter, not a parking lot attendant, and not a disc jockey. You're going to get to it. Oh, it was an errand boy, right? <laughs> right. And then shortly after that, I got my first job as um, a professional singer. I think I was about seven and a half or, or eight years old. But it wasn't really because we were poor, which we were. It was just because I really at a very early age, developed a tremendous joy out of um, working. And that was what I really enjoyed, and I didn't enjoy um, playing games or bumming around. You Where know. are you from, Tommy? Chicago. How come you had that feeling at that I, age? Anything I, in your family that uh, brought it out? I really don't know. My mother was a frustrated, still is a, a frustrated performer, I think. In fact, you're her idol. She. Oh, really? She'd love to be you, and she just... Thank you. She thinks you're fabulous. Thank you. But um, she she never really made it as a singer, and my father was a professional musician, and he still is. So I don't know. I don't, I'm sure that well, none that of those... Well, that helps. There's an incentive. There's plenty of incentive right there. Did you ever at any time entertain any thoughts of going to college, Tommy? Never. Mm -mm. You never really did? You didn't, you didn't want to. You I... just wanted to work. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, I can understand that. Did you, uh, the type of girls you met when you were a teenager, Tommy, were they the type that you later married? Were they anything like Nancy at all? No, I don't think I ever met anybody like Nancy before. A lot of boys marry, marry girls that, that, that people say are very like their mothers, but I don't think Nancy is like my mother, and yet uh, she has many of the, the wonderful qualities that I always looked for in, in women that I thought I found in my mother and that I think are in my mother. Yet I never met anybody else like Nancy. What are those qualities, Tommy? Well, she has tremendous strength. and How does she show that strength? By knowing when she wants something that it's worth fighting for. Like many times, I'm very hot-headed and I, and I have a tremendous temper. And many times I have walked out of the house or I've wanted to walk out of the house or I've gotten mad and Nancy is always the one that pulls the thing back together gets to the root of the problem you know logically and settles it because I I'm so emotional that usually I do the wrong things and and uh, then I'm sorry for him afterward she has that she has great integrity and tremendous ambition for you know for knowledge and I think she is a very knowledgeable person and these are qualities that I always wanted in a wife besides of course uh, beauty which she also had oh that's for sure oh Nancy Tommy please could you possibly come back tomorrow I have some other questions I want to ask you could we have another session yeah that'd be absolutely fun. good thank you very much hi this is Lucy my guests again today are mr. and mrs. Tommy Sands 
Mrs. Sands, as you know, is the lovely Nancy Sinatra. Yesterday, we talked with Nancy and Tommy about making the transition from teenagers to the exciting new world of a young married couple. Just before we closed, we touched briefly on the subject of education, and we talked to Nancy about her days in college, and now, Tommy, I'd like to ask you, were you a good student when you were in school? Well, for the first seven or eight years, the years that you can really bluff it by, uh, I was a, a very good student. I was like always a straight-A student, but I never cracked a book, and I never studied, and I had no interest. And I think that, that I was very good student at that time because I had grown up with adults and so naturally my language was a little f further advanced than other children and my knowledge about very basic things but then when you get into the eighth and ninth grades and you really have to study specifics like certain mm -hmm. mathematics and things like that and histories mm -hmm. then I, I still didn't crack the book and then I became a horrible student and I was all the way through high school I was like a D minus student I don't think I ever studied for a test in my life and finally, to show you how disinterested I was, after 11 and a half years, I had about three months to go, and I just quit school for a good job, which is stupid. Now, I really regret that. Now, I suppose if you went back and studied <clears throat> everything you touched, well, you would go at very avidly oh, and I deeply did. and enjoy it. You can still do that, you know. Well, I am doing it. I have been good. doing it for the last three years. Good. That's wonderful. What are you doing now? What are you studying? Well, I'm just I'm getting ready now. Nancy and I are taking a course in French. And uh, I'm planning to take a course in Greek and Roman mythology, which will help me in, in my understanding of some of the, the great Greek plays, you know, which I hear about and don't know the first thing about. And that's a course which I would have taken, of course, in college if I'd gone. Uh -huh. You know, we hear so much uh, these days about the college campus morals. What do you think about that, Tommy? Uh, do you have any set ideas about how you would instruct, for instance, your son. Let's talk about, for instance, if you had a son a few years from now who was going to college. What do you think you would try to instill in him starting at a very early age? Purely about the morals I'm talking about. The only thing that I have thought about, which wasn't specifically about morals, but I think which might, you know, carry over and, and uh, be significant, would be in the area of, of character. I think that you should explain to children and teach them and almost give them such a deep sense of responsibility that it's on their shoulders and that if there is any love be for, you know, between father and son, mother and daughter, mother and son, it'll come out. This is what my mother did. Now, it was a tremendous job. She had to talk hour on end. But by the time I was five or six years old, I would cry if I had hurt her feelings. Mm -hmm. And it, it was so deep that the little everyday things I knew you know, inside out and wouldn't think of doing. And the big things were out of the, they were the only things that, that ever came up, like, you know, once a month or once every two months. The little things we never had any problems with because I just knew that I would be doing the wrong thing. When you were a galloping teenager and out on your own, as you mm. were at such a very early age. I knew you'd get around to that. Yes. How <laughs> did you, uh, where did you find your own line of distinction, your own line to draw? For morals, well, out in the world with everybody pelting you from every side. As I said, my uh, my mother always gave me a free reign from the time I was five or six years old, as is evident by how early I was working. But that was out of necessity because she had to have a different plan since she'd be away from me so many so many hours of the day. So by the time I was a teenager, I was already 
though not in size uh, and, and in knowledge, I was uh, emotionally a man. I had drawn all my own conclusions about what was good and bad, and I think that came from this very, very early, complete understanding of good and bad, not the elementary thing of hitting a child and then them walking away and saying, well, pain is bad, I was hit, so I don't want to be hit. That's so basic that they really aren't given the chance to completely understand what they did that was bad. And they're just angered. Right, and that's what I'm talking about. I think that they should understand. Well, that's a, that means that you had a great deal of communication in your home. Right. Mm -hmm. There's an awful lack of that these days. Nancy, before you and Tommy were married, did you discuss the responsibilities of marriage? I'm sure you did, but let's talk about it a little bit. Did you think seriously about your home life and what you wanted and where you wanted it and how you wanted it? Well, uh, we talked about everything. We knew each other practically inside and out before we were married. Because, like you say, we had communication. I think the communication in both our families uh, Paid spilled off. over into yeah. our, our family, into our own little family. And uh, we always made it a rule that we would never finish an argument by slamming a door. We would lock the door and sit in that room, and either we'd break up and laugh hysterically at the faces we were making, or we would finally settle the argument. Does that still hold? Uh, yeah, it still holds pretty much so. There are very few cases when we really get that angry, but usually we settle it pretty soon after. But we really discussed everything. The responsibilities of marriage, we were both aware because we're both from divorced parents. We were both very highly aware of the mistakes that we felt our families had made, our parents had made, if any, and I think it helped us tremendously. I don't feel that being products of divorced homes we were hurt in any way. I think it helped us to find what we were looking for in life. Do you feel, as I do, Nancy, that there is a great fault that both men and women have in blaming themselves too long in these situations? You mean for causing an argument or causing a problem? Yes. Yeah, oh, yes. You, you, that's ridiculous. You get that horrible guilty feeling, you know. That seems to go on longer than you blame the other person. That's right. And it's senseless. Even last night I was blaming myself for something that had nothing to do with Tommy and I, but as we were going to sleep, I said, gee, I wish I hadn't done that. And he said, will you stop it? He said, you're being ridiculous. You're going to have a bad night's rest. I think we all have a tendency to do that. Do you find, Nancy, that you like yourself much better these days than you did a few years ago? I'm getting there. I'm getting there. There are a few things that I still don't like, but with Tommy's help and with my help with, for him, we are eventually erasing all of those things, which is kind of nice. Isn't that great? And that's one reason why we're waiting to have children. Because How many children are you going to have, do you think? I don't know, Lucy. I really don't know. Maybe three. I know I want at least one boy and one girl. If I get two of one kind in the beginning, I know I'll try again <laughs> to get another kind. But I, I just don't know. Well, that's kind of... good because we're going to have two boys right off the bat. I can guarantee that. <laughs> and if you don't get two boys and you have two girls, <clears throat> you're not going to complain, sir. Oh, I'd love two girls. Of course you would. What kind of adjustments do you feel that you have made being married, Tommy? Good or bad? I don't care. Just what kind of adjustments? Well, I think I've made adjustments in the area of um, learning to understand, recognize, and finally succumb to someone else's wishes other than my own, at least, hopefully, 50% of the time. 
you know, which mm -hmm. is a very hard adjustment. Sure, you've been because out on I've your been... own a long time. Right. Tommy and Nancy, you're such a delightful couple, and I'm so glad you agreed to come back again tomorrow because I have a few more questions I'd like to ask you. Bye, kids. Hi, this is Lucy. Tommy Sands and his charming wife, Nancy Sinatra Sands, are back with us today. And yesterday, we asked Tommy what adjustments he had to make as a young married, and now today, we're going to put the same question to Nancy. Nancy, what about you? Did you have any adjustments to make? Well, I think the hardest thing for me, I must admit that I probably was spoiled as a child, not intentionally by my parents. They tried everything, including giving me the run of the house one day a week to cook the meals and, and everything else. But I was spoiled because I had everything I ever needed. I always did. I always had everything I needed and wanted. Then being a wife was such a change from that. I suddenly was washing and ironing and cleaning and uh, washing floors and looking sort of like the commercials on television, you know. <laughs> and, uh, the I, pretty ones. Yeah, and I thought, <laughs> thank you. And I thought, what, what's, you know, how am I going to get used to this? Because I started to gripe. Yeah. And I didn't want to make Tommy unhappy. And I knew it was because I uh, had never experienced this sort of thing before. And that was my biggest adjustment, was learning to live the life of a wife, mm -hmm. very frankly. Have you adjusted? Have you been able to do it nicely now? Pretty much so. There are many times when I get bogged down, especially when I'm working. When I work, it's very difficult because the hours, as you know, are rough, and especially filming when you're up at 5 and, and you have to look gorgeous all day and then come home and cook dinner and do the dishes and clean the house and learn your lines for the next day. Mm -hmm. You know, And poor Tommy, I have very little time for him. So that's why I, I don't work too much. That's my biggest problem. Yeah. When we can afford to have someone live in and help us, you know, with the housework, mm -hmm. then I'll do more work. What kind of entertaining do you do? Very informal? Yeah, it has to be, because... Uh, I wouldn't want it any other way. I mean, I can't stand formal parties, can you? Not too much, no, and Tommy hates it. Tommy, do you ever help uh, with the housework? Oh, yeah, I help once in a while. And if you had a baby, you would help more? Well, I, I tell you, I don't think that a man's place is helping around the house. I have very strong feelings about this. I would help only when it was absolutely necessary. I don't... Uh, now, with a baby, I would certainly uh, have a lot more responsibility, but that wouldn't be in the area of housework. That would be in the area of diapers, walking him at night or her. I've got that hymn in my head. It's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> that hymn? That's all right to have in your head. What better? <laughs> No, I think a, a, a father can do a great deal and what well, really doesn't have to touch the diapers and the bottles and that type of thing if they spend time with a child. Just spending time, you know, is such a marvelous thing. Mm -hmm. Tommy, what is your idea of the ideal wife? Well, I'll tell you, I don't want to sound... Uh, it's tough in front of Nancy, I know. No, it, it, it might be if I was married to somebody else, but I tell you, I think that I have the ideal wife. I, I hate to sound that simple about it, that matter of fact, because most important things like this are never that simple, but that's the simple statement of fact. I think that, you know, we could all be better, and certainly she has faults, and I do too, and, and we can improve on them. But I'm, I'm a guy for averages. And when I realize that with her, I'm batting about 98%, I figure, 
I can't do much better than that, and I just wouldn't want to. What worries you most uh, about the young married friends that you have? Well, what really worries me most about most of the um, the kids that, that not only kids from school that I knew, guys and, and girls that got married when they were like right out of high school or in their last year, but the people that we know out here, the only thing I don't worry about, I don't sit up nights worrying about it naturally because I think out here many of the young people dwell on their broken marriages and their broken love affairs and everything so passionate and all that, you know. I think that uh, that there should be more doing and less talking about, you know, and I think that they probably really don't invest enough time and energy and work into something that they supposedly want so much, and that's what I mean by talking about it and not doing it. A man, if you love somebody and you dig them that much, then you it's so simple to understand that you're going to have to work to keep that. The first uh, day uh, that uh, something goes wrong in the marriage, I find that many of our friends say, oh, I'm out of love. Yep, that's the end of everything. They don't mm -hmm. know any way to patch anything up, fix anything. What do you observe with your girlfriends, uh, Nancy, that have been married around the same time you were, their biggest fault in their married life when it starts to get a little bumpy? Well, basically, in, in all the instances that are flashing through my mind, to me, it's primarily a lack of communication. A girlfriend will come to me and cry on my shoulder rather than going to her husband or her boyfriend and trying to straighten it out with him. They get angry, they slam doors, and it's goodbye, and then they come running over to us, and we've had many instances of this type. And I really feel if people would take the time to count to ten, it's an old cliche, but it works, count to ten and then talk about it, and it'll work out. But this So uh, many young people have never been taught how to talk about anything. Tommy... What do you think about wives who work? Well, I don't want to be general about it. I'm sure that there are exceptions, but by and large, in, in, in this business with me, uh, being the kind of a person that I am, I can't say wives. I can only say that I think if my wife was working every day, I don't think our marriage would last very long. It's really selfish to say, but let's face it, I have that many problems as a human being. I need more than that from a wife. Uh, another guy could adjust very easily. So I, I, I don't know how to answer it for anybody other than myself, but I am messed up enough to need uh, the woman in my life, you know, that many hours a day. You're and that happy with her, too. <laughs> <laughs> it could be said another way. Do you have any pet peeves about Nancy? A little one, I'll accept. Um... Boy, this is really ridiculous. I got a lot of them, but I can't think of them. Right? You got a lot of pet peeves about Nancy. Does she know that you have a lot of sure. them? Sure. Well, oh, I say, I tell, I tell her all the time. I'm trying to think of one. Honey, can you remember? What's his pet peeve about you, Nancy? One is, I think, when when he's on the phone and I oh, hear yeah. his end of the conversation, <laughs> and I uh, put my two cents in. He doesn't like that very much. Do you have a pet peeve about Tommy? Um, mm. let me see. Uh, I'm messy. No, no, he's not. He's not messy. As a matter of fact, he's great about that. He helped me because I, when we were first married, I was so disorganized. <laughs> Everything looked like a pig pen. And he, Tommy helped me tremendously because he would always hang up his clothes and keep everything that was his in very good order. 
And he helped me. I can't let me think of a pet peeve now. <laughs> Nancy, Tommy, I guess you're just the most adorable young couple that I have ever talked to. You know how much I love you. And God bless. We'll see you soon. Thank you, Thank Lucy. You, we love you. Bye-bye, dear. Bye. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you've enjoyed my guests, Mr. and Mrs. Tommy Sands. And please join me tomorrow. Bye now. Are you loving Let's Talk to Lucy? Then you have a real treat in store for you. A new episode is being released every week on the SXM app and wherever you listen to podcasts.